medical cannabis was also rescheduled in the UK, which which really started to, to perk both our interests, in particular in speaking to Professor David Nutt at Drug Sciences about you know, the efficacy around around medical cannabis for, for pain patients. And we just thought we had to do something here. This was this was something that both Ben and I thought we could really add a lot of value for for for, for patients. Thirty-eight percent of adults in the UK are in pain daily. Chronic pain affects so many people and yet is so poorly misunderstood. And that's why it's really exciting that today we get to talk to Eric, the co-founder and CEO of Lever Clinic, the UK's first digital pain clinic that's able to look at patients with a holistic 360 view. This is Tech Talks, your twice-weekly technology podcast with myself, David Savage, powered by the Harvey Nash Group, where we bring you thoughts and insight from industry leaders and a little bit of technology news. So joining me today is Hayley. How are you, Hayley? Very well. It's been a few eps, but I'm back. Eps for a minute. I was like, hang on a minute. Is this some lingo that, <laughs> Ep, that, that you're like, <laughs> yeah, I, I got there. I'm getting old, clearly. Get down. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I was reading an article earlier of the greatest summer songs. And now that we finally have got summer... I just thought I'd ask very quickly because if people don't know, Haley is a DJ. Oh my god, uh, really? <laughs> no, I'm not. Have you got a I'm not a DJ, but you are. You are. You, I, you must have a SoundCloud or something. No, I actually don't have a SoundCloud. She's Spotify. I'm not a DJ, but I can DJ. There's a difference. You are a DJ. Let's 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 not backtrack. <laughs> but I want to find out what your what your greatest ever song recommendation for summer is, okay. and I'm going to judge you very strongly on it. Everybody loves the sunshine. Oh God, I can't remember off the top of my head. You put me right I don't on the even spot. Know I've just sang on the podcast, but I can't even think. I've been on the spot. <laughs> this is what I mean. I'm not a DJ because I should know what this is, but that is one of my favourite songs in the world. I have no idea what that is. The chill. Oh, I haven't got my phone. I can't even tell you what it is. <laughs> Good start. Good start. Let's cut this out, shall we? <laughs> no, absolutely not. But they're moving on now. I can't, I don't know. Surely, I've got surely. Too many. I've got too many favourite songs. It's it's cheesy as hell, but surely there is nothing like Fresh Prince and, the, and uh, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, right? Go on, give us a little preview of the song. Oh, Summertime. I'm not, I'm not going to sing Summertime. Everyone knows Summertime. Do you know what? It's so true, though. Like, the sun just makes you feel so happy. Like, and I have just been hearing on the radio, um, on the radio a lot lately, there's like songs around summertime, about summertime. It's so good. It's a happy place to be. It is. Uh, now, you might think that I'm talking absolute inane rubbish. But guess guess what? The sunshine and a better climate helps people who have chronic pain. And that is absolutely legit. Winters are often not good for people who suffer from chronic pain because the cold and the damp and the and the kind of the areas of depression, actually, in terms of the air pressure, really don't help people. Agreed. And the summer tends to be a, a period of, of the year where someone who does suffer from chronic pain feels a lot better. So there's another reason to celebrate summer and a beautiful little segue into today's interview with the CEO and co-founder of Lever Clinic. Uh, so we'll hand over to the interview and then we'll come back with some commentary. So today I'm talking to Eric. Um, Eric, you are the CEO of Lever Clinic? Yes, that's right. Hi, David. Uh, good morning. Very, very happy to be here. 
So first of all, before we dive into anything else, Lever Clinic is, is something that people will probably not have heard of. Um, so let's let's start there. What is it? Yeah, absolutely. So Leva is the first fully digital CQC licensed chronic pain clinic in the UK. So, so, so let me help you understand that a little bit better. So effectively, what, what we are is uh, a purely online uh, full service clinic uh, where we help patients with any form of chronic pain um, design a tailored care plan for them. So the way we actually do this is uh, a little bit different, or it's, I should say, different from the current treatment pathways which chronic pain patients undergo in the UK, in that the typical journey, should you enter with the NHS, is you will be refer is, is based on referrals and is fairly disjointed. So what that means is you'll typically go see a specialist. Uh, you will then maybe be referred on to another form of discipline, such as psychotherapy or physiotherapy. But throughout that journey, you rarely have someone that's hand-holding you through that process. And it's often based off of going from one specialist to the next specialist with a lot of lead time and a lot of waiting in between. What we do entirely differently is we've created what we call 360 degrees care. And effectively what that means is from day one, each patient that we have will be assigned a, a health coach. And the first consultation you have is actually with all the disciplines. So you will effectively see a specialist, you'll see a nurse, you'll see a physiotherapist and a psychotherapist. And together with, with, with our patients, you know, we design a tailored care plan from day one. And then we also handhold patients throughout their, 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 their treatment plan. And this is a pretty, it, it might not sound as, 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 as that revolutionary, and it, it, it's more an evolutionary process in how we treat chronic pain. I mean, research, uh, the latest research and the latest NICE guidelines have suggested that, you know, chronic pain is, is, is not a, um, is a fairly difficult uh, pathology to, uh, to treat. And so it's important that we have multi, multi disciplines that are involved from day one. And the earlier we can do that, the better outcomes uh, effectively for patients. So that's what we based and, and built Leva on. Before we kind of dive into anything more about this, just from your own background, you're, you're not a medical professional by background. You're, you're tech, you're finance, right? So how, how did you get into this particular space? That's a very good question. So I, you're absolutely right. I have a degree in, in, in business and finance. I have a whole career before this in, in financial services in, in various banks and, and, and fintech consultancies. My personal journey was I always gravitated and found myself doing more entrepreneurial projects within, within those large organizations. And I always just had a passion for, for doing things differently and trying to solve these type of problems. In 2017, I, I, uh, I, I then suddenly lost my father. He was a chronic pain sufferer, which for me was a bit of a wake-up call because I'd started to feel that I was lacking purpose in my day-to-day -day life. Um, and I always sort of knew I wanted to, at one point in my life, do something which was a bit more entrepreneurial. And that really kicked off my personal journey. I then met Ben, who uh, Benjamin, who is my co-founder, who is a was a clinician. Um, and we really started to talk about this space. We shared a lot of the same values. 
And that's when I really started to get interested in, in, in the chronic pain space. You know, we started to look into this and, and we realized how underserved this, this, uh, this particular, um, this particular segment was in particular in, in innovation and, and using technology, um, really across the whole value chain. Um, so that really sparked our interest. Now in 2018, um, medical cannabis was also rescheduled in the UK, which, which really started to, to perk both our interests in particular in speaking to professor David Nutt at charge sciences about, you know, the efficacy around, around medical cannabis for, for pain patients. And we just thought we had to do something here. This was, this was something that both Ben and I thought we could really add a lot of value for, 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 for patients. And that's how our journey started. Um, so we founded the business about, about two years ago, um, you know, really with the ambition to, to use technology to, uh, um, you know, to help uh, patients um, access best-in-class care for chronic pain. Um, and that was our mission, and it, and it remains our mission. So that's how we started. You obviously there uh, kind of shared with us that your father suffered from, from chronic pain. Mm. I suppose chronic pain is something that people don't really consider unless it does happen to themselves or a family member. And even if it happens to a family member, it's difficult to, it's difficult to totally relate to because you can't see something. You can't, it's not, you know, we often talk in, you know, mental health is, is a tricky thing for people to understand because you can't see a break or something that's visibly wrong. I suppose this is kind of similar and, and, and probably, actually dovetails very closely with with some of the same issues right right exactly i mean the interesting thing is you know i i raised the example of my father but you you know i think if we all look in our in our surroundings we'll notice how big an issue this is in fact you know david there's about one in five adults in the uk that suffer from chronic pain and about 10 million people that have severe to moderate uh to moderately um impacting their 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 day-to-day life This, this is a big problem i mean you know, both the indirect and direct costs, as as estimated by you know the British Pain Society and 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 the European Union, is about two two to three percent of GDP. It's a huge problem, but it's a it's a it's not as highlighted. It's almost a um, it doesn't have the same spotlight as as a lot of other things um, that do today. And and that's very core to what we want to do as well is just elevate the understanding around this. And I think a large part of the problem is. Um, that it's that it, it you can't really treat it in that way. It doesn't really go away, right? So so you will have flare ups, and then you, you know uh, it, it'll be better for some time. But it's not like you can have an operation to uh, you know to uh, uh, to uh, to to alleviate or to solve the problem. You can't you know there's no sort of silver bullet in the treatment plan. So I think that's also something that that isn't fully um appreciated in a lot of uh, in, 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 in a lot of sort of the um uh you know amongst the community as well right amongst chronic pain sufferers for sure but amongst if you, you really need to be close to someone to understand um you know what they go through on a day-to-day basis and obviously the, the health services as they stand at the moment are under huge pressure Obviously, yeah. with what's gone on in the last year, um, yeah. But even before that, um, funding and resources, and I suppose chronic pain falls outside that thing of, or the or the view of traditional Western medicine, and and you don't like you're saying, you, there's not a fix, and so people. 
just get management for symptoms rather than any kind of detailed look into into a cure, right? Right, exactly. And and it comes back to um, you know the principles that, that that we have is is you know we approach this through three sixty degree care, um, and and that means we look at you know um, you know mindfulness. We call it three M's in, at level. It's mindfulness. It's uh, it's movement, and it's and it's medication. Um, and it's really a combination of those that 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 we see the real Im- real impacts. And you know, it's often small changes over a period of time where we see where we see the biggest you know impact for patients. Um, so, um, yeah, it's certainly it's certainly an area where uh, we 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 also see a lot of uh, new novel therapeutics as well. So, you know, I mentioned um, um, you know medical cannabis as 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 one, which is something that you know, has, has, uh, has been around for a long time. I mean, we have to remember in Israel, they've, they've been using medical cannabis for a long time to treat, uh, to treat chronic pain symptoms. Um, and again, there's no, it's, we have to be careful because it's also not, um, you know, uh, a, a magic plant that will solve all problems, but it certainly has efficacy. And I think we need to recognize that and, uh, and we need to, we, we need to introduce it, you know, in a safe and, and appropriate manner. But, um, um, so yeah. look, just very quickly, is this why it's digital? Is it because it is mm. te- technology is the enabler? Is it because it is impossible to deliver what you're trying to deliver in person? Is it, you know, practically getting those people yeah. together to deliver it in that 360 way? Well, so I think, I think it's, it's, it's also a very interesting question because, you know, we often get asked the question, you know, can you deliver as good care as you can in sort of a brick and mortar context. And, and my argument is I think we can actually deliver better care. And why is that? I think being online and using technology has some, some real advantage that advantages. The first is, um, is just accessibility to the leading specialists. Okay. So, so the way the sort of the microstructure set up in, in, in the pain market is, is you'll have bespoke sort of centers of, of excellence spread around the country. Um, but there is no, golden standard necessarily of, of how do you, you know, how do you construct pain management programs across different, uh, across different units with technology, it's, it's fairly easy to have access to those leading clinicians, wherever they may be globally. Right. So our team consists of, of, um, you know, professional, professional healthcare providers from, you know, Denmark, from Israel, from, uh, from here in the UK. And we can really use technology to spread some of those best practices across you know, a, a, a wider range of of, uh, of the population. So that's number one. I think number two um, is is for patients um, that actually have mobility issues, or that they have just you know regular real world um, 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 you know lives, where you know traveling to a specialist center is is a bit of a is a bit of a uh, annoyance, right? I mean, if you have to travel an hour to go see a specialist every 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 month or whatever it might be, um, it's just not convenient. Um, and so, you know, online really helps in that sort of service layer for patients as well. And the third is really uh, is is really using real world data to just further our understanding of what works and what doesn't work. So. Um, you know, one of the advantages is is just the scalability of that, and using big data, and using using um, um, you know using data to just drive that layer of of, of how we approach uh, a problem. So I think actually being online and using technology has 
and some huge advantages. Um, of course, we, we can't do any sort of, you know, um, uh, procedures, but, uh, but that's not really what, what, what we do. We treat the, we treat the long-term ongoing symptoms of, of, of our patients. How do you get clinicians to give their time to work with you? You mentioned there that you kind of pull from a very wide, uh, wide pool of, of talent. Um, my experience where chronic pain um, uh, relates to is that if, if someone has a, has a condition, it tends to be quite specialist or it can be quite specialist. And, and someone can find themselves kind of bouncing around from consultant to consultant who is interested in one particular area of treatment or research quite often. Because I suppose the research papers is where they where they get their their money and the extra grants and funding, and and so if someone doesn't fit into a quite narrow parameter of what that consultant is looking into, then that that person can fall outside and sometimes get a little bit lost or a little bit in limbo. Um, how do you, how do you make sure that you 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 do have these these clinicians time and that people don't don't find that they're just kind of getting bounced around and, and, and not quite fitting into the parameters that one particular doctor over another is trying to, to solve. Yeah. So I think, I think our experience has actually been slightly different. You're absolutely right that I think the research angle and just the ability to, um, you know, use data, you, you know, I actually think that a large part of, of what we define as, as, as what a clinician does almost changes slightly in the context of an online clinic and that they almost become sort of a data scientist or not a data scientist, but they, they, they interpret the data that we produce. And that becomes a big part of what, uh, of what their, uh, of what their day to day becomes. And that, I think that's a super interesting evolution, right. In, in, in how they spend their time with us. But, you know, I think in our experience, I think, um, uh, the reality is that for, for for chronic pain, there's very little digital solutions out there, right? And so, um, I think there there's you know by virtue of, have, of of being a digital clinic and all the advantages we talked about has actually excited a large part of the of the chronic pain community, um, and we've you know we've fostered you know about forty a community of about 40, 50 clinicians. Um, where they all get to share common experiences. And I mean, just, you know, just simple examples where, you know, as you mentioned, the NHS is overstretched um, and you'll have units where they might have two out of the three core disciplines, right? Or they'll just be one specialist clinician, but they want a second opinion on something or, um, you know, they'll be lacking a physiotherapist or whatever it may be. But this community that we've created around, around Leva you know, allows, um, allows, you know, clinicians to just share their experiences, to talk about best practices, to talk about, you know, n not so much individual cases on patients, but more about, you know, the high level, where should we be going with developing different modules? So for example, long COVID symptoms, like how do we start to approach this problem? What, what do we need to put together in terms of pain management programs for those type of, um, um, you know, patients? Um, so I think rather, I, I think it's really creating that, that community around this problem um, that, that we've found so far has been the most engaging for, for, uh, for clinicians. You, you mentioned the guidelines, the NICE guidelines that changed in April. You mentioned there as well about long COVID. A couple of different changes, I suppose, in the landscape that have thrust this a little bit more into the public conscious, especially long COVID and more people being aware of kind of chronic conditions and how it might affect people. If, if yeah. someone is out there and they are listening to what you're saying about lever and they think this might be something that can help me 
How do they qualify as a candidate? How does it work? Do they do they get a referral from their GP like they normally would to the digital clinic, or, or is there some other step? Yeah, no. So there's, uh, I mean, we definitely have a a direct to consumer business. So I mean, they can visit our website leverclinic.com. Um, they can sign up there. We have a free uh, a free eligibility call for uh, for anyone that suspects that uh, uh, that they have or, or that they are chronic pain sufferers, and um, um, and then and then we'll have uh, that first initial call with one of our nurses, and 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 we'll you know do a quick evaluation there if if if, uh, if the clinic is 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 um, is relevant for them. Um, so that's one way. We also work with uh, with the NHS. So we have a pilot together with uh, with the NHS. Um, and, and we're very, we're working pretty hardly, uh, we're pretty hard on being able to, uh, to service patients that come through that route, right? So referral processes. Um, so that's, uh, you know, both routes are available. Um, but you know, I'd encourage everyone to go to leverclinic.com. And look, lastly, what, what does, what does the next six months to a year hold? I mean, obviously it, it is awful what's going on with long COVID, I suppose on, on the flip side, it, it, it does as we've said, raise the profile of something that is, is misunderstood and that perhaps in the long term might be a good thing. What does it mean for the clinic? Uh, very good question. I, you know, for, for, for the pain market in general, I think we're seeing some, some, some trends here which, which aren't going to go away. I mean, the first is we are definitely moving to a more digital environment uh, in, in all of healthcare, but in particular also I think in, in, in chronic pain. Um, you know, I, what we observe is, is, uh, is, you know, patients have now also, um, you know, gotten used to working from home or, or, or working through sort of Zoom and other forms of digital uh, technology. So the comfort level of, of, uh, of receiving care through digital uh, has accelerated enormously. So I think we'll continue to see that trend. Um, so that's the first thing. I think, you know, novel therapeutics and, 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 and medical cannabis is, is growing in pace in the UK. Um, so I think we'll continue to see an evolution uh, in 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 uh, in, uh, in medical cannabis prescriptions, um, and I think those are the, the the core trends we'll see in the in, in the next six months. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think we're pretty excited about about being part of that journey. Look, Eric, I want to thank you for your time this morning. It's really appreciated. I think obviously what you're doing is is very valuable and important work and offers some hope for some people who who possibly feel that they have been ignored for some time. So uh, I hope it continues to go well. And thank you for your time again. Thank you, David. Thank you. I like what Eric said around the fact that there's no silver bullet. Okay. Um, I am not someone, thankfully, who suffers from chronic pain. I do have a chronic illness, but I do have family members who have chronic pain. And one of the most difficult things is this idea that somehow there's going to be something that you can give someone or something that you can do to someone to fix their issue. And that basically is not the case. So the fact that the Lever Clinic are looking at patients holistically and 360 degree and not just a specialist who is treating a symptom um, is a real step forward, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I just think it's so hard now, isn't it? There's so many waiting lists to go on. You know, it's hard to get hold of the GP. Um, appointments are near on impossible to get get these days. So it's so accessible for people who are who are who are struggling. 
Um, and this is the beauty of technology. And I feel like this is where it's going to help so many people in the future is because it is literally at your fingertips, or it can be at least, you know, like even when like with our healthcare here at, here at work, you know, you can, you, yeah, obviously we've got our own GPs, but you've got a digital GP that you can speak to. Like, it's just great. Like you just never had this before. Um, and mm. as well, like the fact that they've got so many specialists um, on hand as well. I just think it's brilliant. I, I think it's great. I think he makes a really good point as well around the fact that, you know, when I said, why online, why digital? I think most people before the pandemic would have taken for granted that you go and see a doctor. Mm -hmm. Actually, we've all got used to telephone appointments or video appointments with doctors. And there is still that that feeling of, do I get more out of an appointment in person? I don't think that's going to go away. Like I'm, I, I have an appointment with a doctor in person on Monday. It's the first one I've had in, in nine months, and it kind of feels like it's a bigger deal. But during the pandemic, you, if you are in chronic pain, um, my mom has rheumatoid arthritis. Sitting in a car for any more than fifteen minutes is is basic agony for her. So, so cool. get, getting a decent level of service via a digital channel is actually a real bonus. And also, you know, during COVID times, obviously people don't want to necessarily travel if they don't have to. So that's going to have accelerated the ability of um, clinicians to deliver healthcare remotely. But I think I think that cannot be overstated enough that people probably don't realize that just traveling can be agony if you are in pain yeah definitely and just like things that we would take for granted because we don't suffer with chronic pain like and they're everyday things that where where people struggle so you know this is so nice that these guys help with like a tailored approach and a tailored plan to help them and it's probably quite a lot more than what you would get when you just go and visit a gp because they are really helping you um like track a process so in that regard, I think it's good because, like, you can't deny it. Like, the NHS is overstretched. If you know, if you need help and you need it and you need it quickly, or you need to just try a different approach because the NHS is just not working for you. That's no um, offence on the NHS, but sometimes, obviously, you can. I mean, I've been through not for the same reasons, but I've been through the NHS and and not really got many answers before. And sometimes you do just feel like that. And so you just going yeah. going down the different route can sometimes really help. And and mentally even if it's not physically helping, but it just helps you in other ways. It might not fix it. Like you said before, it's not a silver bullet, but it's, you know, it's, it could, it can help in other ways, um, which, I, which I like. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it's, it's not unfair to say that a critique of the, of the NHS and it's brought up by Eric is that it is disjointed when it comes to stuff like this. The mm -hmm. NHS is amazing. If you are in an accident amazing, and, yeah. and you have, and you have, um, suffered major trauma uh and you need help there and then yeah. it's not particularly great when you don't fit into um a, a nice neat uh, box yeah. <laughs> yeah and you can find yourself bouncing around um so i, I don't think it's on i don't think it's i don't think we should we should say that that's a critique of the nhs somehow no. i think it, the, the, the system the system the system works for some people the system doesn't work for others and that's that's fine but but that does mean that something like the lever clinic is filling a, a gap yeah exactly. where there's very very much a need for those services it's a much better way of putting it than my uh... 
No, 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 absolutely not. But <laughs> I mean, look, one in five adults in the UK suffer from chronic pain. Pain. I know that's 10 crazy. Million um, severe to moderate pain that impacts their lives. That's that's a huge proportion of adults in the UK. I know, and it's so sad that so many people like that are having to suffer with, with that sort of thing, you know. So I think that uh, with that, we will go to our advert break. I think it's um, a good point to take a quick pause. But Eric, thank you for being our guest. Uh, we'll be back in a moment um, with a story criticising Apple. A couple of years ago, Michael and Jacob, two friends from London, were both thinking about their consumption and sustainability as a whole. Michael, a professional footballer at the time, realised he had no options when it came to sustainable sportswear. Overconsumption and underuse was all too common. Hilo was born, a sportswear brand fighting for the planet by changing mindsets. They started with a running shoe made with seven natural materials, and the shoe can be recycled at the end of its life. As a company, they've offset their carbon to beyond zero, making them carbon negative. You can find out more about Hilo and support their mission at hiloathletics.com. That's H-Y-L-O. We support the Hilo movement. Quick article for you. Apple paid woman millions after technicians used her iPhone to post explicit videos. Oh, what, like revenge porn? No, not even. Um, so basically, this is the case that... Um, Videos were uploaded by an Apple-approved team and they falsely basically appeared to have been shared by an Oregon woman herself. So she sent her phone in to be repaired by an Apple-approved team and they took sensitive material on her phone and uploaded it to her Facebook. That is crazy. Like, did they get the sack? Well, I, I hope so, yeah. yes. Um, <laughs> she's taken Apple to court um, wow, and they've had to pay out a multi a multi million dollar settlement to the woman. Definitely got. Um, yeah, basically uploaded explicit images and videos to the internet from a phone that she sent in for repair. Wow, that is ridiculous! And like, wow, whilst overstepping the mark, I almost want to know what the the content was. Well, the thing is, it's like our phones are incredibly personal. Yeah, we, we probably all have images and videos on our personal devices yeah. uh, that we would be embarrassed of. Are they going through there? If it was out in the public. It's a real, like, cost issue. Well, it also says a lot about kind of data and privacy yeah. and, and you know, being slightly aware of... If you send that device in, perhaps think about protecting yourself as much as you possibly can because, unfortunately, there are people that may well act not in your best interests and you wouldn't expect someone to to upload anything from your phone if, you, if your phone has been sent in for a pair but maybe don't send it in in a way that means that people can go through your your personal photos and videos um and it's undermined apple's um arguments that you should always use apple approved um yeah repair shops and so on because they've always said that they're secure and safe and to use to use kind of third party um, repair services is less safe and this was apple approved but it's just a, it's just one of those reminders that i don't think there's i don't think that that woman unfortunately despite feeling obviously embarrassed more than that by those images being posted like that's awful i don't think you should feel guilty for maybe necessarily having stuff on your phone that you wouldn't want everyone else to see you know you might well share stuff with your partner that it's perfectly legit yeah, exactly. between the two of you. But uh, yeah, it's it's one of those reminders to to do the things 
that keep you safe. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't really want to be, if you have an issue with your phone or it's got a cracked screen or something like that, you don't want to be thinking, oh my God, I need to hide everything on my phone because it shouldn't be going, be, be going, shouldn't have people going through it anyway. So it's just a yeah. bit like, I don't know, like it puts a massive question mark over the trust you have over such a big brand. Yeah. And what, what I think is, um, Apple tried to bury the story. So the case, the case was something that they tried to, um, not surprised. They, they tried to it. basically keep their brand out of it. Um, they confirmed, uh, their identity after, um, it was, I'm just trying to get the right. Here we go. The woman sued Apple and eventually settled with the company for multi-million dollar sum. But Apple was Apple was never directly named in the lawsuit in an effort to keep the matter confidential. Obviously, Apple doesn't want its dirty laundry aired. But at the same time, it's like if this happens, these kind of mistakes happen. I kind of think it's right for the organisation of a culture to own it and go, yeah, all right, we need to learn from these mistakes, not try and su- suppress it. Yeah, exactly. And there's 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 learnings there for Apple customers, like. You know, for any anyone who's got a mobile phone, think about think about your safety, think about doing the right things to to make sure that you're not in a situation where you might get potentially embarrassed. Yeah, no, definitely. And as well, like like you say about them owning it, like if they own it and they say like, right, it's what we like to see. You know, like, you know when people do things wrong, like in, even in general, or like a company that's like, right, owning it and being like, right now, this is what we're doing. We're going through all of our suppliers, making sure this sort of thing doesn't happen. We're putting procedures in place to avoid this sort of thing from happening. Like, um, and we will be making sure that this never happens again, sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it's. Um, but I also do kind of understand the other side of it like just kind of like one is bury it as well <laughs> it's not great is it it's definitely not no. a good look <laughs> definitely not <laughs> anyway with that i think we should uh go and enjoy the sunshine because it's going to be sunny all weekend kind of returning to our original topic so everybody uh, loves the sunshine we all know that you are going to be dun, dun, dun. in a bar in about an hour and a half i actually am going for a drink tonight maybe a few <laughs> well enjoy that and everyone else have a lovely weekend have a good one